0: It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you with knowledge and information that empowers you to make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, I want to tell you about key indicators that say that if you've been saving up money to buy stuff, you will be rewarded for waiting a bit longer. I'm also going to talk about an example of technology that I started talking about when the first tests were taking place 10 years ago, 10 years ago, and is finally, actually, possibly, maybe, could be starting to happen just a little bit. That's deliveries by drone. Wow, things take a lot longer and don't work out exactly like the futurists expect. But this is a prediction of the future that you can take to the credit union. So we have an oversupply of manufacturing capacity in the world, not just in Asia. I mean, we pretty much do for consumer goods all over the place. We have an excess capacity now of cargo ships, trucks. You know, trucking companies are complaining their volume has fallen. Uh, that was something that came up recently with FedEx, that the volume of packages they're moving is falling. And a lot of truckers, over-the-road trucking companies, have gone insolvent. I mean, we are in a time where we went from, if you go back 2021 20, into 22, we had not enough capacity. I don't know if you remember, this is the kind of thing that's really not a consumer story particularly. But when the ports along the U.S. coastlines could not process the cargo coming in, there was so much cargo coming in that ships were lined up out at sea for long periods of time. And there was a big backlog getting them onto trains, getting them on the trucks, the whole thing.
1: It was crazy, like the pictures of the ports. I remember Savannah, Georgia had, I mean, it was Ships just
0: everywhere you could, everywhere you looked. You saw all these cargo ships just sitting out at sea for some cases more than a month waiting to unload. All that was then, we're in a whole different mode now. So, when you look at the pipeline and the inflationary trends, not just here, but in other countries, most other countries, the inflationary trends are turning to what's known as disinflation. Disinflation is when the rate of inflation is on a trend line steadily down. And it's not month to month that every month's going to be down. It, it's got a jagged edge to it. But the trend is down. And the next trend that's coming on consumer goods is deflation. Deflation is where goods are actually going to be cheaper than they were before. So disinflation is where the inflationary rate is going down. And if you look at each 90 days, rather than a particular month, you'll see that the inflationary trends are lessening. And this is a, again, a nearly worldwide phenomenon. If the next cycle worldwide is going to be where a lot of these prices we've had that are so much higher than they were pre-COVID, a lot of them are coming back down below where they've been. There's a natural tendency, and there's an economic, there's a theory economists call it, and I'm sorry, I don't remember, and if an economist is listening, you're perfectly welcome to post the term that I can't remember right now. But prices, by human nature of a business owner, prices go up very rapidly, but an owner of a business only reluctantly ever gives up those price gains. So they go up like a rocket and then they gradually come down. If you drive a gas engine vehicle, you know what I'm talking about because with gas cars, when there's an acceleration in gasoline prices at wholesale, it's reflected at the pump like a nanosecond later. On the other hand, when the prices at wholesale are in decline, that corner gasoline station owner wants to hold on to those prices as long as they can. They try to hold on to those additional profit margins they're now getting, but ultimately the market comes to play and those prices decelerate. So they go up like an elevator, they come down like walking downstairs. The point is the excess factory production, the excess ability to produce goods and goods being produced around the world because it is a worldwide market is going to lead to prices not going back to where they were in 19 but the much higher prices we've seen on a lot of consumer goods have been step by step evaporating and in 24 we're going to see lower prices on a lot of goods and we've seen little pieces this we've seen it particularly in electronics and appliances. And I've talked about that uh, starting last year, that those prices were actually coming back down. And those are just the leading edge of what we're going to see. So it means that each dollar you make used to purchase goods is going to go farther in 24 than even where it is right now. That's why this is a great time to build up savings. Think about what savings are earning. If you're being really a good manager of your cash and you're getting better deals and savings accounts, money market accounts, all plus 5%, then better to sit on your money, let it earn, and then next year when whatever it is you're interested in buying is cheaper, you buy then. That's my prediction. I believe I'm going to be right on this, but anytime you predict the future, You can really look like a fool later, but I'm willing to step out there on the plank and make that prediction.
1: All right. I'm going to start with Robert in California. I have over 400 passwords. Do you really think that I need to change 400 passwords on a regular basis?
0: Robert, I am so impressed you have 400 different passwords and no human being can do that. And even, uh, Someone like Krista uses a a password manager, they just do a complicated password. They don't routinely change them. Right. No, no, no. And I use Google's password manager. And it's really funny when I let it create a password, they are so goofy looking. Mm -hmm. And I assume it's that way with use LastPass or Dashlane. I use LastPass. These passwords that Google's password manager creates, it's like, I don't know how the criminals crack those. So changing them regularly, as long as you're using really creative, wild passwords, you're good.
1: Kevin in Alabama says, a few months ago, Clark talked about a free TV from Telly. I submitted my name, and I have now received an email saying I was selected for the beta program. When I went to fill out everything, they want a credit card. I thought it was a free service. Is this a scam?
0: It is not a scam, and one of our team members, Anthony, Participated. and he did not have to give a credit card? No,
1: but his was just a post-launch update.
0: Okay. So uh, I assume at the point that they send it to you, they want to verify you are who you say you are. Because if you're not watching the TV enough, they want it back. If you're not, the terms of service were such, I couldn't do it because you had to use it as overwhelmingly as your principal TV. And I'm, uh, you know, football is my life. And having to watch... The NFL on a 55-inch TV, not happening.
1: Wow. But the credit card would be if you got the TV, you didn't return it, you didn't use it as Yeah, they've anyway. got to have
0: some way to, so it's not a scam.
1: Mike in Ohio says, Hi, Clark, I love your show. I followed your advice in purchasing $20,000 worth of Series I savings bonds, one for my wife and one for me in 2021. I had been jealous that you purchased them at a time when they offered a fixed rate in addition to the inflation rate. I now see that they are offering a fixed rate of 1.3%. Would it be in my best interest to withdraw my bonds now and reinvest to capture the fixed rate going forward? And thanks for all the advice.
0: So uh, you've obviously held them two years, so more than one. You have to hold Series eyes. I is for inflation. A minimum of one year, But if you hold them less than five years, you forfeit the last 90 days of interest. So this is a difficult calculation. I've been reading so much stuff in financial media about this. The people who bought them when they were earning 9.8% or whatever, I mean, they were earning at the height of inflation, they were earning nearly 10% on Series I savings bonds. Now they're earning the inflation rate only, which as I talked about just a minute ago, is going steadily down. So this is a tough call. You'd have to figure out what the last 90 days interest would be worth in your current earnings cycle. Then try to figure out going forward what the break-even period would be going from, and that's why there's not an automatic answer I've been able to find. I keep reading. Haven't found one yet. That would make it worth going in the new ones, which long haul are a much better deal at five point, five point something now. Two, seven percent. How do you know that? Because I just peaked. <laughs> okay. Brainiac over here. Oh, yeah. Five point two seven percent. And the reason they're five point two seven is you're getting that base rate above the rate of inflation of one point three percent, which will be wonderful to have for years to come to be earning a return beyond inflation these are not investments these are savings instruments and the way they're taxed is not very favorable which is why i still prefer for money outside of your savings bucket that you be an investor in stock funds index funds exchange traded funds rather than a saver but if this money this 20 grand you have in i bonds is part of your savings bucket then it will obviously make sense at some point to either wait the five years and not have a forfeiture of the last 90 days or to go ahead and cash them in, pay your 90 days of interest, pay taxes on the earnings you've had over the two years and then move into these that are earning a base rate of 1.30%. And I promise I'll keep looking for a formula that answers that question for you. Coming up ahead, I have a tendency... To get ahead of myself with enthusiasm about technology, and I am guilty as charged, 10 years ago when I was raving about drone deliveries, getting all these delivery trucks off the road, and so far it's been basically just a joke, and now hope springs eternal, we may be moving into the time when it actually does happen. I'll share it with you straight ahead.
2: This podcast is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's face it, sometimes multitasking can be overwhelming. Like when your favorite podcast is playing and the person next to you is talking and your car fan is blasting, all while you're trying to find the perfect parking spot. But then again, sometimes multitasking is easy, like quoting with Progressive Insurance. They do the hard work of comparing rates so you can find a great rate that works for you, even if it's not with them. Give their nifty comparison tool a try, and you might just find getting the rate and coverage you deserve is easy. All you need to do is visit Progressive's website to get a quote with all the coverages you want, like comprehensive and collision coverage or personal injury protection. Then you'll see Progressive's direct rate and their tool provide options from other companies, all lined up and ready to compare, so it's simple to choose the rate and coverages you like. Press play on comparing auto rates. Quote at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
0: So Amazon and their arch rival Walmart both made a lot of fuss 10 years ago about how they were going to do deliveries with drones. And so far it's been nothing. (laughs) Jeff Bezos, the former... Head of Amazon, when he became uh, like a popular culture figure, was on 60 Minutes a decade ago and promised that drone delivery would be common by 2015. Well, we're about to turn 24. How many drones do you see flying around, buzzing around, dropping packages? <laughs> None. But Amazon is now doing it on a trial basis, yet another trial in Houston. Part of Houston, it seems to be working. This technology is advancing so quickly because of, well, an ugly reason, as often happens. What makes technology advance so much? War. And the advancements going on with drones because of the invasion of Ukraine by Russia and the war going on in the Middle East has led to enormous advancements in a very short period of time and the versatility and practicality of using drones for any of a number of things. And package delivery is weirdly going to advance because of all the advancements that have happened in such a short period of time in Europe and in the Middle East. But always a war leads to enormous breakthroughs that end up benefiting people in nonviolent civilian kind of uses. And I think that the drones late on arrival, like they're an airline, are going to actually end up being part of the solution to all the traffic that's going on because of delivery services. And I think about, let's look at something simple. I go to a restaurant, and they'll have that section for the food delivery app people. And when people are hungry, there's never going to be enough delivery drivers to get that food to somebody before it's not soggy or cold. It's just the math doesn't work because everybody seems to get hungry at the same moment. And no matter how hard those delivery drivers work, they can never get the food there. Well, uh, just picture somebody at a restaurant Putting the food into a drone, putting in the address, it zips over there in a fraction of the time, and the food arrives still hot, and if it's something that should be crispy, still crispy, and all that. I see that as a bigger deal than the package delivery, things where it absolutely is an enhanced value to be able to deliver in a quick way. Think about somebody who's home ill, to be able to deliver over-the-counter meds and prescriptions really fast by drone. This is not, as Bezos said a decade ago, it's not science fiction. It just wasn't ready for prime time. I think it is now. And we'll see if, again, I'm being too optimistic, being like Elon Musk, saying, yeah, we're going to have fully autonomous taxis on the roads by the end of this year. (laughs) Where are they, Elon the end of what year that was twenty thirteen, I think also that <laughs> he promised that
1: the video of the drone dropping the package uh in Texas though it looks a very like a very rough drop. I would oh, yeah. have thought it would like go almost to the ground and gently, but it's like boom, I mean,
0: well, my son has a, a business I don't know if you Grant has a business where he does videos for companies drone videos no,
1: I did not know that and
0: uh. <laughs> Good and for him. He he is uh, such a natural entrepreneur, does exactly what he should. He goes and trespasses at a business, shoots a video as a teaser, drops off a thumb drive wow. at the business and says, um, I do drone videos for companies, and if you'd like one, here's a sample of what I can do. And uh, And they call back over and over again. That's awesome. But the things that people are going to be able to do with drones – It's just really something. It's awesome. So is he gonna get arrested for trespassing? I don't know. (laughs) He has his FAA drone license. That's fantastic. That guy. Well he gets it. He gets it, you know, when you're a pilot, since he can fly airplanes, the drone license is easier than I would if you're not a pilot.
1: All right. We'll go to questions now. James in Virginia says, I purchased a two hundred dollar Walmart gift card at a Walmart location. I, I know this
0: isn't going well.
1: I mailed the physical gift card to our daughter. There was no evidence of tampering with the envelope. She attempted to use the gift card at a Walmart. We sent the activation information that we received when we purchased the card. She scratched off the pin in front of the store clerk. I've included this info so that you can understand that the physical card was not compromised. She was told by the store clerk that there was no money on the gift card. I wasted two hours on the 800 number. I wrote an email to the CEO and today received the $200 from a representative from the executive office. The representative said that it was a compromised situation, but would not say that it was Walmart's fault or responsibility. She refunded the $200 as a quote, courtesy. Either they have an inside theft problem or a computer security breach.
0: Okay. We need to have a conversation right here because this is happening with increasing frequency, it first became, we started getting calls about this probably four years ago with gift cards being compromised and the code was still totally in place. This is a broken system. Gift cards, if you buy them, and you may not ever know because the recipient is going to be too sheepish usually to tell you that the gift card you gave them had no value And the criminals count on that. And this is a problem for every retailer that sells gift cards, is they are getting compromised. So I know this seems so analog, but those of you on our YouTube show, you can see what I'm holding up. If you are giving a small amount of money to somebody, you can give them this Lincoln, which is a $5 bill, Hamilton's on a 10, or you can give them a Jackson, 20, or give them some combination of these, Because these things they can actually use and you don't have to worry that the gift card is useless. And why people find giving somebody cash to be crass, I don't get. Because the cash can be used anywhere. You go buy somebody a Starbucks gift card or a Walmart gift card or whoever gift card and you think they want to use it, maybe they don't.
1: So what do you think in this case when his daughter lives in a different place? Would that be a check that you mail with tracking? I mean you certainly wouldn't mail cash to someone, right?
0: Yeah. Well, gosh, it's a great opportunity to go go see visit. your go see your and
1: this this is weird that you know that she scratched off the pin.
0: No, this is happening all yeah, the time. The bad. criminals it's have been able to compromise gift cards where the pen has not been compromised and the criminals are using programs they buy online or develop themselves, usually they buy online, that are able to do an active check of when a gift card has been activated at a register or online, and then they are able to defeat whatever the pen system is with these software programs, and then they spend the money way before you would ever have an opportunity as a recipient of a gift card to use it. This is a known problem in retail. Nobody's figured out the solution. And buying gift cards is hazardous to your wallet's health and is a false way of thinking you're actually giving somebody a gift of value because that gift card may be worth zero when they go to use it. So cash or some other way of giving somebody money is the best way to do it rather than Giving gift cards because they are not safe or trustworthy. Now, she had the actual card, so at some point they gave her the card. Mm -hmm. So they transmitted the card to her. So then you can transmit some other form of giving value other than a gift card. You're completely unconvinced because I know you buy a lot well, of gift cards I would every say, Christmas. I mean,
1: I do usually, but I also send Venmo for like my niece and my nephews. I'll send. And we've
0: talked about that it's safe to use Venmo or Cash App for gifts to family and friends. Someone
1: you know, yeah. That
0: that is a safe way to do it. In PayPal Maryland. too.
1: Kelly in Maryland says my sister and brother-in-law are about to contact a credit counselor to consolidate their sizable credit card debt, which is great news. And something I've suggested to them for years. My question is my sister's employer matches 100% on the first 6% in her 401k. Should she move heaven and earth to make sure she's still contributing the 6% to get the free employer money during her time of repayment and perhaps even a bankruptcy. Thanks for all you do.
0: First of all, Kelly, I'm glad that they are now attacking the debt. And I hope that whatever plan they come up with is successful. I want to talk about that in a second. Your original question, yes, move heaven and earth to get the full employer match. 401k money is generally a protected asset. Depending on the state, IRA money may or may not be in a bankruptcy or legal action. But 401k money is generally recognized in 50 states as a protected asset and making sure you make the contributions to get the full employer match, ultra high priority. Now, on credit counselors, there are legitimate credit counselors, illegitimate credit counselors, and one's kind of in a fuzzy middle. To find a legitimate credit counselor, Kelly, make sure your sister and your brother-in-law go to an affiliate of the National Foundation for Credit Counseling, nfcc.org, and I wish them the best on coming up with a payment plan with their debts that will work for them.
1: Greg in Florida says, I rented a car in France for the last two weeks of July this summer. Weeks after our wonderful trip, my rental company charged me for processing the unpaid toll fee. When the actual violation showed up in my mailbox via international snail mail, The window for paying the fine had passed, and I was billed an additional 90 euros for a late fee. The violation occurred in early July, weeks before I rented the car, and after exchanging several emails with the French organization that handled the fines, I paid the 5 euro toll. I sent them a copy of my rental agreement, but they did not care. The fact that I had status with the rental agency, which is U.S.-based, had no effect on reversing the junk fee for processing a toll fine. Is there anything your audience can do to avoid this situation in the future? And P.S. You smell like fresh baked cookies on Christmas Eve.
0: Wow, that's very sweet. So um, I have much experience with getting these fines from the rental agencies for violations I supposedly racked up on a trip. And I, like you, have had circumstances where I'm billed for a fine that was for a time I was not the renter of the car, and the rental agencies usually charge you somewhere around $30, $35 just for doing the, uh, they use outside contractors to figure out who was renting the car at that time, and they get it wrong a lot because they're trying to process way too many to make more money by processing as many as possible. You should be able to contact the home office of the rental agency to get a refund of the junk fee you were assessed for a toll that was not yours, a toll you were being billed for that never happened on your watch because it was not when you rented the car. If you just dispute the charge with your credit card, you'll be put on a permanent do not rent list for that rental company. So you can't do that. I mean, you'll avoid the junk fee they charge you. You'll never be able to rent from them again. So you want to contact the home office and if you go to elliott.org, which I've mentioned before, you can find contacts at the rental agency that are outside of customer no service and that should help get you a credit for future rental or get you a direct refund of the junk fee you were improperly charged for a ticket, a violation that was not yours. And this is let me tell you, this is happening all the time. Is somebody who rents frequently, I got one notice in September, and I got one in November, two different trips. One was mine, one was not mine. It's just a hassle to deal with. Is it worth it to be able to travel? You bet it is. I just won't eat lunch for a few weeks. Make up the cost.
1: So instead of a Clarkie of the Day, I think we should thank all the Clarkies that have already donated to Clark's Christmas Kids.
0: I appreciate it so much. You know, we are in our 33rd year of Clark's Christmas Kids, where we ask you for donations for children who are in foster care this Christmas season. They're not with their families, they have not done anything wrong, but the adults in their lives have not been able to take care of them for whatever reason. And they are now wards of the state. And so I want us to be people who step in and let these kids that you'll never meet know that they are loved and cared about. And if you go to ClarksChristmasKids.com, you'll see how you can have impact, how you can make a difference. We have
1: wish lists on there for these kids. That's right.
0: You see the kid's name, how old he or she is, and you can fulfill a wish. Or if you don't want to do that, just give us some cash for these kids and we'll buy the gifts for them. I want these kids... tax
1: deductible too. Okay. Just FYI. Tax
0: deductible. I don't really emphasize that because I really want it to be about the heart and helping the kids. But, you know, I think about how... If you grow up in a more stable home life, Christmas is just such a time of joy and, in some sense, predictability. These kids have no predictability, and they move from foster home to foster home or group home to group home with a black plastic trash bag. I mean, imagine that. They may go to as many as six or eight different schools in a single year because they're being moved around like that. So... I want these kids to know somebody loves them, somebody cares about them, and that's why I hope you'll take the moments to look at ClarksChristmasKids.com and see how you can have an impact in a child's life. Thank you very much, and have a great day.